Friday. Happy Friday, everybody, Ooh. especially if you're listening on a Monday. An extra special happy Friday to those of you on the download. We got a great show. We just got back from Texas. I made killer time. Most of the team got together down in Texas. We'll tell you all about that. Lots of stories to share. Hey, Cheesy. Hey, it's Friday. Woo. It is. It is Friday. What are we listening to? Uh, we are listening to Ash Gray, uh, is the name of this, this guy. Uh, he's out of Austin, Texas. Felt it only fitting to uh, play some Texas musicians and Texas music. Um, yeah, man. So we've been collecting a lot of music, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Some interesting stuff there coming from those bands. But yeah, great great track uh, called I Know You, and then we'll have another one at the end of the show as well. So wait and check it out. We have a packed show today because we tried to get as many of us that went down to Texas on the show. So joining us on the horn, Elle's back, Angie's here, Wes is here. And of course, on Mumble, joining us is Mr. Brent. Hello, everybody. Hey. Well, hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Drew's here, too. Drew, you were, I didn't mention you, but you were down in Texas, too. You just cut off on the scroll. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was there. There's a lot to get into today, so I'm glad everybody's here. And Brent, you didn't go to Texas, but you did podcast last time from a truck with a cowboy hat on, so I feel like that's pretty legit. It was in spirit. You know, got to be with the crew. I asked Brent to send me some pictures of uh, him podcasting from the uh, front seat of a truck cab, and uh, he delivered. (laughs) Those were great pictures. You had somebody come along and take pictures, and they were amazing. (laughs) It was so roasting in that vehicle. So it felt like I was in Texas, that's for sure. That's the the unsung struggle of podcasters, is we, uh, we tool away in the heat. It's like being in studio. It is. It's very hot in here. Well, uh, yeah, so last week as we were wrapping up, I was running off to go to the doctor, um, actually two weeks ago, and um, it's like history is repeating itself. I wonder, Ange, do you remember how long it was since my last sleep study? Do you have any guess? Because I had to actually look it up, because obviously the doctors want to know when they're trying to figure out what's wrong with me, how long ago I went in and got a sleep study done. Yeah, it was more than 10 years. Yeah, 10 years ago. I, I didn't realize how long it had been. I thought it had been six years. 10 years ago, I went and was diagnosed with pretty severe sleep apnea, and I uh, tried tried for a little bit with the machines. I'm pretty stubborn, and um, the machines made it harder for me to sleep. Specifically, um, I kept getting squirted with water in the face, and that just really drove me crazy. But uh, they got new machines now with heated hoses and all this kind of stuff. I went in for a sleep, uh, for a sleep consultation and uh, last uh, two weeks ago, and uh, they're going to send me in now for a study. Probably diagnose me with that kind of stuff. Good. Do you want your CPAP back? It's still in your nightstand. <laughs> you, have a, you have the old one? <laughs> yeah. No, that's old and busted. I don't want that crap. It doesn't have a heated hose. Yeah, I don't know what to do with it. We could have like a, a party where we just bash it like from, you know, office space. We just like smash it. I hated that machine. Is Brent available to take pictures of that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make myself available. <laughs> I just feel like it's it's sort of like a waste of time and effort because I've done this all before. I've done the sleep study thing. I went in. I got fitted for different masks, from ones that cover my mouth, ones that are just nose pillows. And in the end, I still hated the thing. And I'm just like, I'm not 100% convinced that it's not just going to be history repeating itself all over again. 
But at the same time, uh, I got to do something. So we'll see. Because I've got to start sleeping better. Did you ever once, in all of those nights of trying the squirting machine, did you ever get better sleep? One night, I, I probably more than one, but one night, I distinctly remember waking up and feeling rested. And I had this realization that this is what people feel like when they wake up. Like, I didn't know that I wasn't waking up feeling like how everyone else feels because I've always just felt that way. And one morning I woke up and I felt rested. And I remember how great that felt. I've never felt that way again. <laughs> but that was, a, that was a really special moment that one time. Drew, I, Drew, I feel like maybe you and I could, uh, maybe, maybe you could mentor me a little bit here on this. Because I think this is an area you've recently begun struggling with or investigating or even trying to fix, right? Right. Yeah. It's, you know, from the first night I had my CPAP, it was like life changing. And since I joined at L.A., uh, you know, I've been waiting to get my new machine because I had to turn in the old one because insurance sucks, but uh, it should be here in another couple of days and I can't wait. So I have like the polar opposite of your feelings about CPAP machines, but mine is like the newest generation and it's amazing. So I'm hoping that if you do get another one that you're going to put it on and it's going to be comfortable and you're just not going to notice and you're going to go to sleep and sleep through the night. Because that's what I do now, or when I have my CPAP anyways. And have, have you noticed like a pretty big difference between um, the time you've been using it and now the time you, you've been kind of in transition? Have you noticed a big energy difference? Yeah, all of it. So when I have my CPAP, I don't feel like I need to take a nap at four o'clock every single day. Whereas when I don't, you know, I wake up and I'm a zombie until I've had coffee uh, and, you know, mid-afternoon when the coffee's wearing off. It's just grueling to get through the day. But, you know, with the CPAP, it's totally different. I feel like I'm actually awake when I get up and, you know, I'm, I'm not stumbling trying to get the coffee into the cup, you know. Hmm. 100% different. You mean there's a, there's a, there's another way besides uh, hyperdosing on caffeine? Yes. Yeah, I'd also, I'd appreciate any uh, audience guidance on this at Chris LES on Twitter or FridayStream.com slash contact. Uh, if you've struggled with it and made it work for you, uh, hacks on that, because I feel like it would be an ultimate life upgrade if I could get this figured out. Um, and now that I've got insurance again, I'm willing to give it a go. There is one thing that you should know going in, though, and that's it is going to affect your travel because you got to take it with you. It doesn't count towards your bag limit at all. Like it, It's just invisible to the airline that you're traveling with the CPAP. But going through TSA, you do have to pull the whole thing out and they've got to inspect it. Um, you know, I always tell them, please use new gloves uh, so that they're not touching it with fingers that have been in everybody else's luggage. But, uh, you know, travel is a factor. But the the benefits to me significantly outweigh all of the other bullshit. It's just that much better. Wow. So the chat room's already got a a bunch of cool stuff. Elle, did you see this one for this micro CPAP? Did. I was linking that to you. Um, it, it's tiny. I think a lot more people would use it if they didn't have to worry about all the tubes and the whole face mask on you. Yeah, that's my biggest issue. That is. And then, Brent, you're seeing some links in here for like ways to even extract data out of these machines. <laughs> yeah, I read about this a little while ago because my uncle uses one every night and he's a big uh, Linux open source guy. And uh and this is a, there used to be an app called Sleepyhead that um, has recently sort of shut down. Uh, and this is kind of its progression. So I guess it's called Oscar, open source CPAP analysis reporter. And uh, I have not used it. I have no idea how useful it is, but it sounds amazing. So um, start hacking. Dang, somebody grab that link and put it in the show notes. That's, you know what? 
out of everything else we've talked about, that's almost gets me more excited than anything else. If I can, if there's some sort of angle where I can get access to data and mess around with open source software. <laughs> but it may just tell you, uh, it may just tell you how bad you're sleeping again. Well, but that actually would keep me motivated to keep using it, right? I feel like giving me that data would actually, I'm the type of personality where that's why I sleep track now. And that's one of the things that got my ass back into the doctor is if you give me the data and I can make my own conclusions from it, I often will make the right conclusion. So if somebody gives me data that says, hey, man, you are sleeping real bad, and here's the times, and here's the reasons, and here's what, I, I would act on that data. So uh, it just seems, it seems in a lot of cases, it's really good to empower people with information. It's like taking ownership or at least having some agency in, in what's going on with your, your body, right? So I can see that as a motivator for sure. Logical. So we got uh, we got uh, a lot to talk about. So we probably should get rolling. I didn't really plan to talk about that, but uh, that's what's on my mind right now. I'm trying to get the sleep study scheduled maybe for the next Friday stream, um, just to keep the way my mind works. Is if I can if I can uh, like commit to it on air, then I'll actually do it. <laughs> so we'll see. So you're going to podcast from the from from the sleep study. Uh, no, I'm planning to do the sleep study and then come in and do the show. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> you'll either be asleep or you'll be wide awake. Yeah, I'm not sure. It could be good. It could also be bad. Hello to you. All right. So we were off last week because the core crew here, the, the, uh, the Linux Academy staff, as it were, were all drawn down to Texas for a big biannual company get together down in Fort Worth, Texas. Man, is it something. Because uh, Linux Academy as a company is is growing very fast. And so the last company get-together was in December, and there was a lot less people there. And now you show up, and there's a lot of new people, a lot of new jobs, a lot of new things happening. And it's a very high-energy experience. And it's it was two days of meeting in a conference room and just sort of syncing up on stuff because it's a distributed team. A lot of people, I think it's nearly 80% of the staff, are distributed around the world. And then there's, there's some core staff that are in the uh, main uh, Fort Worth area. And so the chance for all of us, even the folks that are in Australia and London, to come into one space and be together is a unique opportunity. And there's a lot of information to relay, especially as a company grows. They really want to try to um, keep everybody on the same page. And all the day-to-day stuff is absolutely good. It was nice for all of us to get synced up. One of the fun aspects for us is as a team, for the most part, with a few uh, notable exceptions, we were all in one room, which meant we could go out and do things together or we could just get a chance to sit around a pool and talk. That was maybe my favorite part of the entire event. So yeah, we had a lot of opportunity to get together, uh, like Chris said, by the pool, uh, just lingering around the hallways while we were on break. Uh, so it was a great opportunity to meet everybody and and realize that you really are working with more of a family than it is a um, a company per se. But we had an opportunity to go check out Thompson's Bookstore in Fort Worth, uh, downtown Fort Worth. It's a real nondescript building. Um, actually, my wife had been there previously with a teacher's convention, and they went there to go check it out. But it's a super cool place, old building built in the like eight, late 1870s or so. You would think nothing of it. You would walk right past it. Absolutely. It doesn't say bar. It doesn't say come in and get drinks, libations here or nothing. I mean, it's just a real nondescript older building uh, that used to be a bookstore and a pharmacy. Um, well, each day they have a speakeasy area of this bar that you can only get into if you know the password. 
so the particular day that we went there, the password was Franz Ferdinand. To get the password, you have to go to Facebook and read a little article, and it's usually in that. Credit to Amanda. She did all of the, while we were in the day-to-day work stuff, Amanda did the research to figure out what the password was. She read all of the history stuff to find the phrase. Exactly, exactly. So she got the password that way, but it, apparently it's also printed on the back of your receipt. If you order a drink at the bar up top, they give you your receipt in like an old library book and on printed on the back of your receipt is the password to get into the speakeasy. This is the cool part, though. They give you the password on the back of the receipt or you can look it up. That's what Amanda did. She's his wife. And then once you give them the password, some really cool ass happens. So they noticed we were looking from downstairs. That's funny. I love that. Oh, look at that. Gentleman at the front door pushes on a bookcase and it swings open. And then we walk down the stairs into the pharmacy. Super cool. And upstairs was a little more maybe kind of classy music where downstairs was definitely like kind of more modern pop and alternative vibe. They had like old prescriptions decoupaged all along the walls and stuff. Killer drinks. Killer drinks. And and Wes, dude, Wes ordered like the scariest drinks in the whole place. So these are like cocktails that you can only get from there. But like, well, everybody got crazy cocktails, but Wes definitely had some cocktails that were just phenomenal. And you would probably never buy if you just read the description alone. No, not a, not at all, right? I mean, they sound crazy, and they are crazy. Well, I was impressed by it. not not only the novelty of it all, but they were actually just really good drinks. Yeah, what about that avocado one, though? Oh, yeah. The Silk of Terra Firma. So it was avocado, tamarind, lime, and then some smokiness. So you got this, like, creamy avocado, then sort of sour from the tamarind. You get the sort of, you know, and the lime in there, and then smokiness, and they had some some spice on the rim of the glass, too, so... It's like four flavors in one. There was one you got, though, that really stood out. Like, that was a, I mean, that avocado one was interesting, but then there was the one... Joy Luck Club? Yeah, the Joy Luck Club. Essential flavors of Americanized Chinese food. And it... I don't really know if it tasted like that, but whatever it was, was a crazy ride, and it was... It's probably the best cocktail I've ever had. There was a note of General So's in there, for sure. Like a hint of it. Yeah, I think it was like a Thai pepper or something that was in there. I think there were Szechuan peppers in there, yeah, because it kind of had that numbing effect in your mouth like you get with Chinese food. (laughs) Well, and what was crazy about it is it's not like you get all of this as a mixture. You get one flavor, then another, then another, then another, all from one sip. It was a journey just to take like one little drink of that cocktail. We were all passing each of each, each other's drinks around. Like, try this, right? Try that. Oh, can you have tried this one yet? <laughs> that was great. There's also we got some barbecue. Of course, we had to we had to uh, take West to a Texas barbecue. Had to get that done. Finally, what, what were your what was your impressions, Wes? I mean, paint a scene for us because some people have never seen this. Where you walk in, you know, you get that you or do that ordering style. Paint a picture. I mean, I was sold the second I saw the sign that said, place meat order here. And then, you know, just like a friendly Texas gentleman standing over a big old thing, all the meats you could possibly want or imagine, ready to slice to order. It was incredible. Yeah, and or, and make sure you tell them if you want it dipped or not. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you, you, you probably want it dipped. I wanted it dipped. Yeah, I got them all dipped. Yeah, then you go in and you get your sides, and it's just this huge tray of food. And it was pretty killer. It was Cooper's Barbecue. It was really great. And I think on the, on the, uh, on the way there, we may have had our most 
unique experience. We're calling her Grandma Uber, and uh, she was Linda the Uber driver. She was a character. So my birthday being the fourth, we're just right gonna celebrate all of it together. Uh-huh. Head northwest on North. And I'm excited because I've got four granddaughters that are in Idaho and Utah. Oh yeah. They're Mormons, and and one of them's coming down. We're gonna make Mustang grape jelly. You could hear Hadia in the background. Oh, yeah. And that, that was what the experience there was like. The Nav constantly talking. Linda, who is perhaps one of the best conversationalists I have ever driven with, <laughs> just kept on going. And my wife, Hadia, just kept on, mm-hmm, that's great. On North Main Street for a half mile. Uh, on Muscadine. Have you heard of Muscadine oh, yeah. grapes? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I call it here, we call it Mustang. And uh, I caught pickle out around my house. <laughs> and we may or may not have taken like one or two turns a little too hot with uh, Grandma. That Grandma could drive, bro. <laughs> she, she took those corners, though. Like, she handled them fine. Oh, dude, she did. <laughs> oh, Linda. Linda was a nice lady. She was. She was. Hadia, Hadia did have to uh, also have the, the two chocolate cakes in her lap. Because we didn't have any place for Miss Linda's chocolate cakes to sit while we all rode in her vehicle. We called up a big old Uber, but she showed up with her back lo- loaded up with chocolate cakes. I'm not joking. And so somebody had to hold on to those chocolate cakes so she could convert it back into a seat. And that was my wife up in the passenger seat holding on to Linda's multiple chocolate cakes. She she was really all about those cakes. <laughs> yeah, she was. Well, I think it was after her conversation about the cakes and the quality of the cakes is when Chris decided, you know what? I should record this. This woman had 10 minutes of why these were the best cakes. And anybody that has that attention to detail and can review a cake on the scene like that, that's pretty good in my book. But not as good as Elle's Uber driver, who I think was taking her to some delicious Indian food. And I guess your Uber driver had a solution for all of the world's problems. (laughs) This is great. So we get in the car and... If I say a good old boy, like, maybe that means something different in Texas, but... Hooey! Right? Yes, exactly. And um, so I'm, I'm a big girl, and this guy was a big guy. So he's got the seat back as far as it'll go with overalls and a white t-shirt underneath, and all that's missing is that straw out of his mouth. What kind of vehicle are we talking? Uh, it's a Toyota Corolla, I think. I wish it'd been a truck. It would have made it perfect. <laughs> He's not got a lot of room up front, is what you're saying. No, no I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture for you guys. You see this. So we get in the back and we kind of squeeze in together. And I, he asked what we did. And I talked about Jupiter. And he had a great idea for a podcast. You're kidding me. He pitched you a podcast idea? Yes. And he has this great plan that, you know, we can just treat ammunition like we do pharmaceuticals. So if you want to get ammunition for your gun, you have to go to a third party who acts like a doctor, a counselor, a psychologist, who then writes you a prescription for your ammo. So, you know, they can control how much you get and who's getting it. And then you can go back and actually use it. And it reminded me a lot of uh, Chris Rock's stand-up stand about how, you know, every bullet should cost $10,000 because if somebody got killed, you know they deserved it. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And you just you try to play nice because you're, where, where is this going and can I get out now? <laughs> yes. How do I get out of this as politely as possible? At the same time, desperately trying to figure out how I can record this. So I now can record on my phone thanks to this this car ride. 
Are there multiple people in the car with you? Are you like glancing at each other with some sort of exchange, or are you all like not aware that the other is having an experience right now? Like, what's that like? So there are three of us in the car. Someone is just on their phone, like mm, I'm not looking up. I'm not in this car. Totally tuned out. Yeah. <laughs> and then my friend Jen's sitting to the other side of me, and she's just egging this guy on, like I don't think she believes half the things she's saying, but she's like, oh yeah, no, you, you know. Amen. Preach it, basically, in the back. Just get them going. And I'm sitting there going, like, when did I become the adult in this car? This is not okay. So, so prescriptions for ammo. What else? What else uh, did he solve? And you know, he he's had a very like just thought out five point plan on how we were going to change the Congress and what requirements it was going to take in order to be congressional in a part of the congressional hearing. And we were no longer going to pay our congressmen because that is how you get someone who truly wants to be a part of it. And, you know, it's part of the change. And so when I kind of brought up like, hey, certain amount of people wouldn't be able to afford to be, you know, congressmen because they couldn't, you know, work. They don't have these savings. Feed the children. (laughs) Right. And so he just kind of sat up a little straighter and looked over. And I don't know if he hadn't thought about it or just did not agree with me saying anything, because then he goes into how, well, people who really want to change are willing to sacrifice. And at that point, I just decided it was better to stay quiet. (laughs) You know, my input on that is nobody wants to be on an HOA. (laughs) That's true. You know, it is a thankless position that doesn't pay. And yes, Congress might provide a little more change, but if it can't happen at a small level like an HOA. I hate to agree, but I think you're right. It might work initially, right? When people want to get in there and fix things up, because I would do it for like maybe the first, you know, little while. But then once you start having churn... Is this what keeps people from filling those seats for the rest of their lives, though? You go in, you do one term, maybe two, and then you're out? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Brent's asked what HOA is, uh, like a home housing authority group? Yeah, homeowners association. Like the people that force you to cut your grass and stuff? Yeah. Shame on you, Brent. Come on. Good lawn care is important. (laughs) That's the only reference I have. Brent doesn't care. He's out podcasting from a truck. (laughs) He don't care. (laughs) Just move around. (laughs) So I booked my flight like a week before the event when Chris was like, hey, I'm taking this one. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I hadn't booked it yet, so I'll just book the same one. And then an hour later, he changed it, and I could not. (laughs) So that's the flight I took. And uh, the biggest thing is I was really anxious about, you know, traveling by myself. I opened the Uber app in the 100-degree weather that I landed in and went to order a ride. It was fine so far until I went to, like, click OK for, like, bring the person here. And it said, you need to pay for your last fare. What? How does that even work? I know. And I'm like, that was that was July 2018, <laughs> the last time I used an Uber. And that was only my second time. So I thought, there's no way that that trip went unpaid. So I'm looking around, you know, I, I sit down and I've tried to figure this out. I end up adding my personal card. What happened is it defaulted to Apple Pay and I don't have Apple Pay set up. So it was trying to pay for the trip I was ordering, but referring to it as a past trip. So for any of those that are listening that haven't done Uber yet, this is a thing. That's confusing. Yeah, I'm impressed you made it to the hotel. I know. (laughs) Well, so I get this guy. He's kind of a sort of like what uh, Elle described. He's a bigger guy um, in a smaller car, um, you know, Chris Farley action there. And he was really nice, you know, and I said, I'm always paranoid about like really bad smells in the car or scary people or, you know, who knows what, or maybe they don't let you sit in the front seat, but I'll get motion sick if I don't. Um, He was really great. I was like, hey, what are you doing Saturday morning? Because I need to come back to the airport. And he's like, sure. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Um, We can even do it, you know, outside the app. Like if you just want to give me cash. 
And I'm like, sweet. Yeah, totally. Whoa, wow. That's a thing? I never even thought about asking them that. Yeah. He starts talking about something and I realize, oh my God, he has three days to plot my death and nobody's going to know I'm with him. <laughs> I loved you. You just freak out. You're so crazy. You, hold on. You know how I've told you sometimes you go the worst case scenario? <laughs> this is this is so perfect of an example right now. Okay, but it's lo- it's survival, dude. Like, that's why I'm still alive today. Okay? <laughs> All right. I mean, fair enough. I guess so. Your classes are going to pay off. Sure. He just wants to make a buck. Dude just wants to make a buck. So I'm like, how can I get out of this? And I realize... I can't get reimbursed for it if I pay him cash. <laughs> so, so I went ahead and told him that we'd have to do the app. And it is possible. Wait, 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 wait. At what point did you realize? During the conversation or afterwards? He talked about his daughters for a couple minutes. And then I was I was like, hey, you know what? I just realized I wouldn't be able to get reimbursed. So you weren't listening to anything about his daughters? No. Um, so anyway, so what we did is he uh, he called me and I didn't answer. Oh, no. No, no. I was sitting right next to him. Oh, okay. He called, so I'd have his number. And then he texted me uh, right away saying, you know, hey, Saturday trip from, and then named the hotel, uh, just as a text, you know, message, like, this is me. And then uh, I switched hotels, but I let him know my new hotel. He arrived that morning, um, texted me that morning saying I'm on my way. I was his first stop. And I got in his car and we both held our phones next to each other and I ordered the Uber and it did automatically assign him because he was closest, but there was a possibility that he would not be selected. And in which case he was going to help guide me through canceling without being charged. So, but we didn't end up having to do that. So this is possible. Like you ended up having like a much more involved relationship with this person simply because you thought he was going to kill you. (laughs) And he took me the scenic route. Murder route, yeah. <laughs> so, like, he was he was making sweet on you a little bit on the way back. Well, he did. He pointed out, um, "Have you ever seen the the, the Facebook servers, server buildings?" <laughs> no, I have not. He brought me past those. That was cool. So, is this guy? Was he flirting with you? Nah. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, he's putting up with a lot of a lot of guff. No, no, no. Oh, here's why. Uh, well, first of all, uh, he's really good at customer service. Like he remembered that I liked rock and roll. Uh, but the problem is that morning I hadn't eaten yet. And listening to rock and roll in the morning on an empty stomach does make me sick. You didn't mention that you were worried he was going to murder you. You just said the expense thing, right? What would you have said to him had he like pushed it further? Would you have said, I'm just concerned for my safety? Uh, no, I probably would have just blocked his number and been like, hey, uh, or messaged him and said, I switched hotels. I'm going to catch an Uber with somebody else that's at the hotel or something. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. That's a solid backup. Yeah, okay. But um, okay, so here's the thing. Ubers cannot hang out in the airport, but the airport is the most lucrative place so starting his day with me one easy cash and two he could like very likely get another pickup immediately after dropping me off which means no waiting around no having to exit the airport to wait for that next ride so that is the reason why it was uh, appealing to him worth the extra effort yeah the airport is more lucrative for the drivers you know, it's not lucrative. It's killing your clients. That's not. Anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm really surprised that Uber doesn't like figure that out to let you reschedule a ride with someone that's picked you up throughout the week or something like that to maybe show you around the area or like you just like that particular driver. Why can't you just reschedule? Right. That probably because other drivers would hate it. That's got to be what it is. Yeah. Gaming the system. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you survived. Um, <laughs> I mean, for a good story, though. 
That would be a great way to be like a, a like a serial killer, though. <laughs> it, like there should, there's a movie in there, Angie. I think you just came up with a movie concept. The, the Uber serial killer. It's been done. He shows up with a mask. Oh, it has? Of course it has. The latest season of Black Mirror. It's not exactly the same, but yeah, th- that's in there. So I'm a little jealous of um, Cheese's route home because he got to swing by um, a gentleman from Linux Academy that I really like, uh, Mike McLaren, who I, I'm hoping we're going to have on next week's Friday stream. Really funny guy. Just a good just a good guy. And... Um, He's got an epic ringtone. Well, yeah, he does. He's got he's got a lot he's got a lot going on. But one of the things he's got going on in his backyard is a studio inside a shed, a big shed. And we've been really curious what this looks like. He does this. This is where he this is where he records his Linux Academy courses. And I'm I'm and I think I'm not alone on the team here. I'm kind of intrigued by like these tiny but yet practical and usable functional studios that people build into small spaces you got you know what i mean guys oh yeah like uh, where l uh, where are you at right now uh, right now i'm actually in in the podcasting studio aka my closet yeah you see what i'm saying like but i think it's cool if you can take a closet and turn it into a functional recording space there's something really kind of do-it-yourself uh, innovative about that you know instead of spending hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars on on an audio recording space it's i love this idea of taking something like a backyard shed and converting it into a studio or or a closet space that's large enough to fit you and so on the way home from the linux academy event she's stopped by mike's house and uh, had a chance to check it out and a couple other things too i mean we should save some of it for next week when mike joins us but uh what do you want to say while mike's not on the show well just a quick rundown mike yeah he's a great dude really nice guy um hilarious guy uh he lives in magnolia texas which isn't too far outside of houston um and it's kind of a a rural piece of property but yeah he has this really awesome like 12 by 20 shed in the backyard uh that he has put a wall about two-thirds of the way through so maybe there's like seven like seven feet from the back edge of the building is a wall and the way he has it set up is that um yeah, like when you walk in the front door, it has two two doors that open, uh, barn barn style doors that open in the front. When you walk in, he has like his his workbench um, right there immediately to the left. He's got a a board with his router, his networking equipment and stuff kind of nailed up there to the wall. Uh, portable window unit that he has. It's just the one where the hose exhausts to the outside, so it's a like a little indoor unit, and he has that set up that's where it's basically driving into a fan at the front half of the building and then the fan is pushing that cool air back to the backer part of the building to the to the farthest back part of the building in the back is where he has his work desk set up and another little project that's kind of behind that and then on the very back wall is this green screen um and he has his his lights and his camera gear and stuff kind of set up off to the side but where he can move it in front of him when he gets ready to record a really neat setup. How big would you say the shed is in total? Uh, the shed is 12 by 20. So it's 12 foot wide, 20 foot long. Um, it's a just a normal shed for the most part. It's about half the length of my RV. What he does is he has insulation in the, in the walls between the studs, and then he's just put moving blankets up to cover the insul- insulation in the, in the studs so that the audio doesn't reflect off of a hard surface and, and make it basically an echo chamber. Um, and then he has like a cool, 
a little a little building out back that he's made out of shipping containers and stuff, which I think would be cooler to wait for him to kind of get on and maybe talk about that. But yeah, you know, I'd mentioned it to you guys that I was going to go down there and check it out. And uh, then I, I saw it. I didn't really take pictures because I didn't want to be that guy kind of taking pictures. That's funny because I told Mike, I'm like, I, I said to Mike, I said, I told Cheese to take lots of pictures. <laughs> so I warned him. That's what you, that's, you're our guy for that, cheese. Oh, I wish you would have said that, then I would have, I would have, you know. I did tell him, I'm like, I told him to take a lot of pictures, and then you didn't take any. <laughs> well, I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to be that guy, so, but I, I mentioned it to him that the team kind of wanted to see, so he was even graceful enough to, like, just go ahead and make us a video, man, and he, and he shared the video with us to kind of show his setup and stuff, and, and maybe, uh, maybe he'll, he'll allow us to share that video next week and, and link it out for other people to see, too, because I think people would find it interesting. Like you, I always find it interesting seeing just someone else's setup and how they do their thing. So it was it was, it was very cool. Mike's a cool dude, and uh, I thank him very much for allowing me to come out and check it out. Just another another one of the individuals that's just great to catch up with uh, when we do these kinds of things. And you guys narrowly avoided a storm, and also looked at checking out uh, a new trailer, a new RV trailer on the way home, huh? Yeah, so we were basically, it's, it's kind of funny, on the way there, we were behind a storm, and then we got in front of it, and then the storm got in front of us, and then it just, we kept going that whole way on the on the trip up there, and then on the way back, uh, right after stopping at Mike's house, we stopped to fill up with fuel, and dude, the skies were just, it was just torrential rain was coming. So yeah, then Amanda and I took a detour down to Rice, Texas, to the Casita manufacturer. Uh, Casita is a small 17 to 19 foot uh, RV. Uh, we've been looking to to pick one up. My wife's a school teacher during the summertime, summer months, she has that time off. And so next year we want to make a trip and we want to start here in Texas, go up the uh, West Coast, up the 101, uh, back down and kind of do the reverse trip that you guys did on your way back to Washington from, from Texas. I think those kinds of trips are so great for a relationship too, because that small space is uh, it is a work it out machine. It's, it's when that small space is. Oh, you learn a lot real quick, yeah. And also, those are really, really nice RVs. Those are going to last you a really long time, and they'll hold their value a really long time. Those that 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 design is really solid. That's a good machine. That's a good machine. And one of the interesting things about that particular company is that they're only made in Texas. They don't sell to a dealership. The only way you can get one is to order one. And it's like a six months build time. So um, it's definitely one of those things that you got to buy into. You know, it's it's not a super cheap RV. You can get ones that are stick built for a lot cheaper. But like you said, it's kind of protecting your investment. And it'll last forever as long as you don't wreck it. Exactly. As long as a limb does not fall through it, I think it will be all right. Well, yeah. So like uh, she said, we did a road trip home. We flew down, Hadia and I, my wife and I flew down and um, I'm just... I'm a, I'm a mess if I don't travel with her because I'm big time, you know. Somebody's got to keep me straight. Um, but we had down there a purchased, used 2012 Volvo crossover SUV thing that we bought to sort of be our family car because the kids don't really fit in either of our small vehicles comfortably. They fit, but their you know, feet are up against the seat and they're smashed up against each other. And we wanted to get them something a little bit larger and Texas had good prices. So a couple of months ago, we bought this vehicle, and I used it uh, for my bop around town car when I was down there working at Linux Academy. And I, you know, since the beginning of the year, I've spent about two, three months down there. So it was really handy to have a car. But at some point, I knew I was going to be bringing it up home because, first of all, it's four wheel drive, which is much, uh, much more handy up here. And second of all, it's much larger. But how I was going to get it home, I had not yet decided. 
and I'd considered shipping it, um, but it'd be pretty expensive to ship it. It's a heavy vehicle. And um, timing just sort of lined up with this company event, and I decided, well, I would fly down, do the event, and then drive home. And so we did. Got down there on a Wednesday, and we got home the next Wednesday. So we did the, the the flight down, the company event, Linux Action News, Hadia and I drove about 2,342 miles, all within seven days. <laughs> we spent less than $300 total on fuel, which blew my mind. It blew my mind. We spent 40 hours, which in fact, 40 hours plus, about 20 minutes driving total. On a one, in one day, July 2nd, in that one day, we drove 715 miles alone. It was over 14 hours of driving. We really hauled. This is one of the, I think I didn't mean to, but I think I just happened upon one of the greatest road trips in the United States because it's for a vast, vast majority of the sucker. It's 80 miles per hour or 75 miles per hour. And the, the, the corners and the roads are built for that speed. So here in, here in Washington and in a lot of places, the speed limit will be 65 miles per hour. And then there'll be a sign that says, here's this corner coming up, take it at 55, maybe even take it at 45. But on these roads, they design the corners to go at 80 miles per hour. So they're sort of banked a little bit, and they're a wider curve. So it's an exhilarating drive, and it's wide open spaces when you're not going around the corners through farmland and beautiful riverland, rocks, mountains, just gorgeous, and there's very few cops. <laughs> so it's stress-free driving. Ideal. Really ideal. And this route um, took us through Boulder, Colorado, which was one of my favorite stops along the trip. And we stayed at this really, really unique place called the Boulder Adventure Lodge. So this adventure place, which uh, sells itself as having cold beer and adventure vans, doesn't even have a paved entrance. In fact, you kind of have to have a sort of sturdy vehicle to even get in and out. The exit's even more dramatic than the entrance. It's dirt and it's steep. I'm thankful we have four-wheel drive right now. But it's cute. It's very nice. It's right outside of Boulder, so it's five minutes to go get anything you want in Boulder. And uh, they have all kinds of like whimsical things. Oh, around. look at that little pop-up! Yeah, on like, top of that. They got like, first of all, you got a, a kind of a cool clientele here. Hashtag van life. Yeah, they're all hashtag van lifers. And then they've, they've got a creek that runs through it. They've got bridges. They've got little adorable Edison lights up everywhere, like, you know, some hipsters would. I mean, the whole thing's a pretty nice show. At, the rooms are... Oh, look at the tree lights just turned on. Did you see that? Oh. They all they have all the trees wrapped in lights. All right. It's getting, it's getting cooler as we go through. <laughs> and the hot tub is right on the creek. Yeah. That feeds right into the Boulder River. That, yeah, and they have these rental vans you can get, too. If you don't have your own hashtag van... You can get one of their hashtag vans, which is pretty cool. We're just uh, going to be good in our hashtag Volvo and sleep in one of their <laughs> hashtag rooms. They build themselves as an adventure startup. The, the thing to appreciate about Boulder, Colorado, which this is my first time, is it's like the hype center of all of Colorado's love for the outdoor. They're like all big, you know, adventures outside, hiking. Like they make the Pacific Northwest people look lazy and we're huge into it here. And Boulder's like the epicenter of it. So I'll put a link to this place. It, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great, but it also wasn't awful. It was, it was a decent stay 
and the the facilities were incredible. And if you want one of their vans, as a hashtag uh, van life enthusiast, I can tell you it's pretty set up. They have these modular van designs, so if you want to go biking, they'll they'll set you up with that. If you want to take a family trip, they'll get you. They'll take the bikes out and they'll set it up for that. They've got easily washable floors. They've got solar on top. It's a nice uh, it's a nice setup. And it's on a Mercedes chassis. Um, and this is their thing. They're, they're calling themselves a unique destination startup. Uh, their their network though. Not so good. The section of the uh, Boulder, Colorado area has horrible internet, so they have two LTE boosters where they're boosting two AT&T MiFi's and then bringing that into one router, and they have an AP in every single room that shares, then they all go back to one connection. Not, not, not the best, not the best. But on our way home, Hadia and I were able to also swing by one of her favorite locations, Wyoming Whiskey. We're at Wyoming Whiskey in Kirby, Wyoming. And they will let you, for free, try out all of their different whiskeys, some of which you can't get outside the state. This one's 97, and this is 108.2. So you're just going to go up and prove that way. And we tried them out. We ended up walking away with uh, our own small bottle. Alex, I'm going to have to share this route for you. Alex just joined us in the mumble room. I think I found one of the greatest road trips in the U.S. of A. It's really good. And it even has a taste of Yellowstone. Are you ready for this? You don't, you don't have to wait in all of the lines. You don't have to lose cell signal for days. Why, Alex, you can just go to Thermopolis, Wyoming. It's your first quick take of uh, Thermopolis Hot Springs, just from the outside. Much like you. It is stinky and wonderful. I'm not stinky. After a few days on the road, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I do have kind of a road smell. Yeah, there's definitely a that 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 really pungent hot spring smell. Wyoming proving right now that you don't have to travel all the way to Yellowstone to get that rich sulfur smell. You can get it right here in uh, Thermopolis. That that pungent smell. I don't know, Alex. I think you I think you went the wrong way, man. Well, when we uh, approached fr- uh, Yellowstone from the south, we came up through. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Jackson, Jackson Hole, that's what we were past the Grand Tetons. And um, I thought Catherine had farted, <laughs> but it was just the sulfur in the air. It's, it's, it's quite a strong, pungent aroma, huh? Yeah, and it's it's weird looking too because that hot water, that flowing hot water causes weird stuff to grow. I was, I was walking around with Hadia. Go ahead, touch it. How hot could it be? How hot could it be? Spend your evening in urgent care? <laughs> It's it's crazy because all of these weird like rocks build up around it, like this um, deposits of minerals build up around it. It stinks so bad, but it is wonderful to swim in. It's there's nothing there's nothing better than soaking in it. So that's the nice thing about Thermopolis and Bozeman. We also stopped at Bozeman Hot Springs. You can just soak in it. That really feels good. Yeah, we were just in Bozeman on on your recommendation. We didn't get time to stop at the hot springs, unfortunately, but. I particularly loved it when uh, I think it's I ninety runs through the hills along with the river and the train train line is right there. Oh, beautiful! Absolutely beautiful. It's it's the definition of picturesque. It is the definition of it. It's it's what Hollywood uses to sort of demonstrate like beautiful landscape and whatnot. It's just it's amazing. You're taking it in, and this is also our first major you know trip in this car. It had just been literally bopping around town. We hadn't really taken it very far, and I wasn't sure if it was going to make it. You know, it's a, it's got 120,000 miles on it. It's got more now. Um, but it did really well. And on, with like this kind of road trip, when you're doing over 2,000 miles in just a couple of days, you either learn to hate a vehicle or you learn to love a vehicle. And we kind of fell in love with it. 
it's like a really nice car, and I didn't know for sure. Volvos just have a really nice character to them, don't they? I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't appreciate that, and so I, I now I kind of like I have a new appreciation for the Volvos. Did it? Did it earn a name on this journey? No, you know what? That is usually something that happens. Oh, actually, it has a name. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we call it Volva. That's right. I forgot about that. We call it Volva because <laughs> it's because we're children, and, it, and Volvo sounds like Volva. So there, there you have it. I forgot about that part. So when you're driving around. You're going this kind of distance. You always see something uh, like on my last road trip. I was almost taken out. I was almost sideswiped uh, on my last couple of minutes on the road. There was this huge accident that almost happened, and I just barely uh, escaped out of it. That happened again on our last day. Much further down the road, we had one of those moments where if we had been three seconds sooner down the road, I, I don't know what would have happened to us. What just happened? You know, I, 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 I gotta, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't believe what I just saw. Like, <laughs> something went from what I thought was maybe one of the most tragic moments we've ever witnessed on the road to an unbelievable <laughs> recovery. From a dust storm where you're like, where the heck did the cars go? So almost on any major road trip, something crazy happens because you're just you're on you're on so much road uh, and if we would have been three seconds earlier down the road we would have gotten creamed we would have been involved in a massive accident so we're we look up well i look up because i'm in the passenger seat i look up and i see a white cadillac a, an early 90s white yeah. cadillac kareen off the road almost at like a sideways angle and then the driver overcorrects and shoots the car back across, back across both the lanes of traffic, the up highway, the hill, up the oh, both lanes of, of traffic across the highway. A huge dust and dirt storm goes so up, up a massive it. hill, which creates dust and dirt everywhere. <laughs> just and people are slamming on their brakes, and I'm like, "Wait, what just happened? What just happened? Where, where'd that car go?" And then out of nowhere, more I'm, and more dust. And Chris is like, "Okay, keep going. Okay, move over here. Just watch out. Slow down. Speed up." And out of nowhere, this huge cloud of dust that goes for like three blocks the car shoots back out the white car came down the hill up the ditch and back onto the road (laughs) and they're just driving it and they drive they get back on the road and start driving for a piece and then i'm like hadia i I thought it was a hit and run or something so i'm like this guy's gonna try and like book it and he's and we we could be in the way yeah and i'm like so now we need to be careful that this guy doesn't run us off the road because he's obviously crazy and then he pulls over yeah I don't think it was a hit and run. I think it was unbelievable because the amount of dirt and I, the car rolled. The car, the white one rolled. It rolled. Oh, oh it was all shit. smashed up. They were they got it rolled and got back on its wheels and they kept oh driving. My <laughs> yeah. Oh, and no, and like this didn't obstruct. Actually, did not obstruct any traffic whatsoever. Even people pulled over and stuff. Yeah, but, but it didn't actually like nothing actually stopped on the roadway. And I think it was like maybe they tapped somebody and they freaked out, and then it was just yep. a series of overcorrection events. Neither one of us saw the other vehicle. It's still lost in the dust cloud. For yeah, all there we was know. so much. There was so much dust. Wow, I can't believe. And it was a car full of what looked like mid-20s? I don't know. I just I got such yeah. a passing glance. and There was so much dust. I've never seen anything like that. I thought for sure they... I cannot believe that late. And it was a lady. I cannot believe she kept her hands on the wheel. And she just, like, navigated her way back down. Oh, my God. I thought they were all dead. I thought it was a tragedy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the momentum and speed that they shot across. <laughs> One way and then the other way. Let's hope 
let's hope it's a nice, easy drive from here because that's enough fun for the entire road trip. Yeah. It was actually a pretty easy drive after that, but I, I got to tell you guys, I thought I just watched one of the most tragic moments of my life. It was, and then to see that car come back on the road and then to see them drive down the little bit and then pull over like nothing had happened. I'm like, all right, well, let's sort out this uh, little fender bender. <laughs> well, I guarantee something had happened when they pulled over in everyone's pants. Jeez, no kidding. I'm sure some people in the car must have been hurt because they rolled. Like the car was smashed all around. Um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty smooth drive after that. Actually, uh, we made it, we made it home to Washington. There was a couple of moments though in the passes where, uh, girl, let me tell you, I know about rain. All right. I I've lived my entire life in the Seattle area. I know about rain, but this was rain. Like, I don't know, never experienced rain like this in the passes on our way over. And so this was a moment, um, not proud of this moment, but we were driving along and Hadi had been driving for a while. And the rain was just overwhelming, and she was becoming um, uncomfortable. She didn't want to drive any further. And so she asked if I'd take over. And so we pulled over and thought, okay, let's swap drivers and continue on the road. We're going to do a driver swap in the rain. Here we go. And the hail. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's... Why did you close the door? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at me, I'm... Oh, I'm sitting in a puddle. Why didn't you close your door? I'm drenched. Look at the door, we're drenched. All right, we got to fix this before we get going. Man. Oh my God, you are drenched. Yeah, and I'm sitting in a puddle. Maybe we should have just waited it out. <laughs> oh God, it's so uncomfortable too because the air conditioning's on. <laughs> I'm not saying there's video of that, but... Uh, there's video. There might be video of that. <laughs> the looks on your faces is so good in that video <laughs> it looked like the raindrops were actual like like one drop was a bucket <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like it was like it was like movie rain where they like use like these extra big raindrop machines and stuff yeah it was ridiculous so i used to think movie rain was made up like you know you have this guy with a serious expression driving down the freeway and the rain the wipers are going crazy and all that like we just don't get rain like that in england and then um, it was Texas, I think, last year. There was this sort of luminescent blue cloud come at, came our way. All the trucks are pulled up un, over under the bridges and stuff. And I was like, ah, whatever. We just kept going and very, very quickly regretted that decision. Um, America does weather properly. Wait until September. You'll get it there in uh, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> that was something. That was something. Although... Now it was, it's so nice to be back because, uh, we got home and the timing worked out just as we were getting back into Washington, the repair shop called up and told us that the, uh, RV had been fixed and our slide is finally functional. We have a full RV again, which is so wonderful. So we took the RV home and, um, set it up and got, uh, got it all like, like feeling like home again. Like we can put down our, our mats and we can watch TV and we, we made ourselves a 4th of July dinner last night and it was great. It was really, it was a really good drive and it was nice to get home on uh, Wednesday because that gave us time to pick up Levi and get the RV settled and, and have the 4th of July off without having to drive, which was pretty fantastic. And it was nice to see all you sons of bitches in uh, Texas too. I'm looking forward to now. Now it's August. Something we're working on, we haven't really talked much on air, but it's kind of happening. And I'm sure we'll have a Friday stream out of it is uh, we're going to do another little get together. Here, uh, we're, we're going to do our own community sprint in August, 
the team's going to get together right here in the studio and work on some cool, cool stuff. I don't want to say what, but there's some things we're working on that uh, you should all be excited. Just, just be excited. I think we, I think we got a good one on our hands. Anyways, so that's uh, that was the trip back. Now we're home, and now that we're home, it's time to give away some video games and play a little millionaire. Well, Brent, I will start us off, what do you say, to make it easy, at $100. Are you ready, sir? I can manage that. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, Brent, for $100, oranges are a good source of what vitamin? Vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, or vitamin D? Could you repeat the first word of the question? Oranges, those delicious oranges, are good for what particular vitamin? They're the source of what particular vitamin? Vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, or vitamin D? I believe they're an anti-scurvy agent, so I'm going to go with vitamin C. All right. Is that your final answer, sir? It's final. Good job, Brent. You got it right. All right, Brent. Now, for $200, how many wheels does a unicycle have? Four, two... <laughs> Three or one? How many? I can phone a friend, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to go with uh, D, which I believe was one. Yes, D. Uh, final answer there, Brent. I think it's in the name, so that's a final answer. All right. Submitting that into the computer. Computer, is it one? Yes, Brent, you got it correct. All right, moving on now. For $300, Brent, in baseball... What is the name of the position behind home plate? The catcher, the pitcher, the shortstop, or the coach? Uh, it's going to be the catcher. The catcher. Final answer there, Brent. Yeah, let's go. Final answer. You are correct, sir. Good job. All right. I don't feel so nervous anymore. This is great. You're doing great. You're only you're only one away from the 1,000 question. And if you lock it at $1,000, that's great. So for $500... What category of plant produces apples? A vine, a bush, a tree, or a fern? I, I like the fern option, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to go with the tree. <laughs> Is that your final answer, sir? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brett, you are correct, sir. Very good. I'm, I'm very proud of you. You've made it to $1,000. Well, thank you. Now, Brent, for $1,000, which is, this would be great. You'd lock this in. This would be great. $1,000, Brent. If you had a heart murmur, what specialist would you see? A cardiologist, an ophthalmologist, a pediatrist, or a neurologist? I want to say podcastologist, but it wasn't in the options. So <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go with cardiologist, which was answer number A. That's yeah. Fine. <laughs> All right. Final answer. There we go. Locking that in. Yes, Brent, you did it. You have now got $1,000 on the books. You've locked in $1,000. You'll walk away at least with that. So now, for $2,000, which of these plants are grown from bulbs? Lettuce, tomatoes, tulips, petunias. I love hearing you say petunia, but I'm going to go with tulips. uh, And that's going to be a final answer. Okay, Brent, lock it in tulips right now. Can you just say petunia? (laughs) I wish it was petunias. Petunias. (laughs) 
Okay, Brett, you got it. For $4,000, a Class B fire extinguisher is made to put out what type of fire? Corrosive chemicals, flammable liquids, electrical, wood, and paper. A Class B fire extinguisher. That's a good one. Um, It's one of those things you've definitely seen around, but just not paid enough attention to to actually register. For sure. You do have three lifelines. I got an ironic badger suggesting a 50-50, so I'm going to do a 50-50. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Now, you be careful in that chat room there. All right, we're calling in a 50-50 right now. Never actually done that before with this system, but it has removed two of the questions. What's left is B and D, flammable liquids or wooden paper for a Class B fire extinguisher. Now, you can't take answers from the chat room unless we go specifically to ask the chat room. You also have Phone Drew available. Um, I think I'm going to take a chance on this one, mm-hmm. um, since it is actually 50-50 chance. Um, and so the options again? Flammable liquids or wood and paper. I feel like wood and paper isn't specific enough, where flammable liquids is like, okay, that's pretty serious stuff. So they would make an, a category for it. So I'm going to go with flammable liquids. Fla- final answer? I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Brent, you got it. <laughs> nice. You got it, Brent. You got it. Wow, good job. Now, for $8,000, the International Dateline runs primarily through which ocean? The Atlantic, the Indian, the Pacific, or the Antarctic? You're hearing silence because my no, it's all right. pondering engine is on. Um, it's okay. You know, the, Drew's pretty good at random trivia like this. You you, could, you do have a phone of Drew, and you also have Ask the Chat Room. I'm also not planning on, on giving up here, so uh, so I might need a Drew later on. Mm, that's a good strategy. Let's give Chat Room a chance. Let's uh, ask the Chat Room. So, Chat Room, we're calling you up right now. If you could uh, chime in with your opinion, let, let Brett know. The International Dateline runs primarily through which ocean? Antarctic, India, Pacific, or Atlantic? Asking you now, chat room. Go ahead. Which one is it? Let's take a look, everybody. Take a look and see what the chat room has to say. Chat room, go ahead and chime in. I'm seeing, I'm seeing two, I'm seeing two in there for, uh, for Pacific. Wow. All right. It looks pretty unanimous here. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? It was. Um, so I, I will admit, I'm not that great at uh, following my initial instincts, but it, my initial instinct was Pacific as well, and we're only getting Pacifics in the RC. So. So we're going with that. All right. Submitting that as the final answer then? Yes, please. You got it. Thank you, chat room. Good job. Good job. All right. So now with one lifeline left going for $16,000, what's great about this is you get to you get to 32,000, you'll lock that in. That's just about as far as anybody's gotten. So you're just one away from that. $16,000. Not to increase the pressure or anything. Deer meat is also known as what? Grouse, venison, mincemeat, or beefalo? What was the last one? Beefalo. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's a thing. Um, This answer, I know for sure, and it is definitely venison. (sighs) Boy, you sound really confident on that. Is that your final answer, then? Mm, It sure is. All right, here we go. Yeah, Brent, you got it. That's right. 
Okay, now, for $32,000, Brent. Oh, God, I hope you get this. This is going to be really exciting. With one lifeline left, the lowest point of land in the United States is what state? California, Illinois, Alaska, or Kansas? Uh, Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. When you mean lowest, do you mean lowest on a map, as in southmost? Or do you mean lowest in altitude? I believe, although I'm not positive, it's altitude. (laughs) Uh, Thanks. Um, (laughs) Can you repeat the question? (laughs) (laughs) The uh, vague question goes as follows. The lowest point of land in the United States is what state? California, Illinois, Alaska, or Kansas? I'm going to phone a Drew. I think that's a solid call. Let's do it. All right, so... Mr. Drew, we are phoning you up now. The lowest point of land in the United States is what state? California, Illinois, Alaska, or Kansas? Drew, you've got 20 seconds. If I recall, this is near Death Valley, which would put it in California. California. All right. So Drew comes in with the California answer. That's A, Brent. How are you feeling about that? He didn't really hesitate, and I trust his opinion on most most things, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Drew. Wow, final answer? Yes, please. Yeah, you're right. The floor of Death Valley National Park in California is 282 feet below sea level. You just locked in $32,000, Brent. Good freaking job, sir. Thank you, Drew. That was awesome. So now... For $64,000, with no lifelines left, a catamaran is a type of what? A boat, a bird, an aircraft, or a fish? A catamaran. A catamaran is a type of boat. Final answer. Ooh, pretty confident on that one. All right. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. You're running away. You're running away. Watch out. Watch out. All right, which of the following artists' subject was primarily life on the Western Plains? Which of the following artists' subject was primarily life on the Western Plains? Frederick Remington, Edward Hopper, Andy Warhol, or Norman Rockwell? So Warhol was all about pop, not about landscapes. And Rockwell was all about cartoons. And can you mention A and B again? Frederick Remington and Edward Hopper. And the question once more, just to buy some time. Which of the following artist subject was primarily, quote, life on the Western Plains? Frederick Remington, Edward Hopper, Andy Warhol, or Norman Rockwell for $125,000? That's a goodie. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Hopper. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your logic there? Uh... I have little logic in this case. Um, I feel like I know the two other artists just enough. Okay. Now you got to go with something, right? Well, yeah, you throw life though in there, and what is life? So, (laughs) um, if this was a photography-based question, like Warhol's photographer, so yeah, um, you're getting deep on this one. Well, you know, you got to dive somewhere if you got nothing to go on. So (laughs) I I feel like of A and B, I'm going to go with B for Brent. All right, final answer. Yeah, all right. I'm locking it in. Oh, no! 
<laughs> I am sorry, Brent. I am sorry. You uh, you were incorrect. It was A. Uh, you got $32,000, though. You did great. So, Brent, congratulations. You may be the winner at $32,000. Thank you. That was good, though. You had to guess something, right? And so you at least locked in 32000 All right, Cheesy, are you ready? Uh, yeah, 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 let's do this, let's do this. I've been taking a nap over here. <laughs> Jeez, okay. Yeah, let's do this. He doesn't sound worried at all. All right, Cheesy. All right, baby, let's do it. For $100, whose portrait is on the U.S. dime? Dwight D. Eisenhower, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, or John F. Kennedy? The U.S. dime. Say the names one more time. Eisenhower... George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, or Kennedy? Thought Rose Thought Roosevelt was on the dime. <laughs> you got three lifelines. You want to do a fitty fitty? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna call I'm gonna call Drew. I'm gonna phone a Drew. <laughs> first first question. All right, right here we're phoning to Drew. Okay, Drew. Whose portrait is on the U.S. dime? <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, or uh, JFK? Oh, God. You have uh, 30 seconds to answer, by the way. Who uses real money anymore? Um, <laughs> I think it's... Um, I think it is FDR. Isn't it FDR? Roosevelt? Roosevelt is not one of the options. <laughs> ah, shit. I thought it was Roosevelt as well, but that's not one of the options. Uh, give me the options. Give me the options. Eisenhower, Washington, Jefferson, or Kennedy? Jefferson. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got nothing. Did I hear you say Jefferson? <laughs> yes. Jefferson no, Jefferson's not on the dime. Sorry, I know my time's up, but no, I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> All right, Cheesy. What would you like to go with? Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> I feel like I got I got Brent's next question. <laughs> this is a hundred dollar question. Are you serious, dick? Uh, I'm gonna fifty fifty it. I mean, I'm just burning up lifelines now. Okay. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, computer, could you please take away um, two of the wrong answers? All right, cheesy. Two of the wrong answers have now been removed. Dwight D. Eisenhower remains, as well as John F. Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and ask the chat room. <laughs> okay, okay, let me my crap together. Okay, chat room. Oh my god, chat room. Um, I got a question for you guys. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Whose portrait is on the U.S. time? Dwight D. Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just find this hilarious. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower or John F. Kennedy? Go ahead and answer now, chat room. You've got 30 seconds. All right, we're seeing a bunch of stuff coming. Right, let's come on, come on, chat room. Roosevelt, Eisenhower. Um, <laughs> Roosevelt designed it, says one person. Ironic says it's Roosevelt. He's not an option anymore. It's Dwight D. Eisenhower or John F. Kennedy. <laughs> this is my favorite question ever. All right, Nixon is coming in. <laughs> so, who's it going to be? Cheesy. All right, chat room. Here, all right, here, well, since options. I've uh, exhausted all my lifelines here. Um, you know it's not Kennedy, dude. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess uh, let's just let's go Eisenhower. Let's try Eisenhower. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. This is the best thing ever. All right. You got it, buddy. Wow. <laughs> you got it. Question two. All right, moving on. For two hundred dollars, 
Oh, you got this. Where did Superman grow up as a child? Metropolis, Thomasville, Smallville, or Pleasantville? Bro, you got this, don't you? Bro. Uh, I, I want to say Smallville because that was the show, right? Bro. Uh, Superman's lame, dude. Um, mm, I'm going to go with, uh, hey, Metropolis. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. Sounds like a nice place. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's see if it is. Computer Metropolis. Cheesy! You're walking away with zero dollars. You say that, I'm walking away with an Eisenhower dime. <laughs> it's a Smallville. It was Smallville. Those were not easy. Those were not easy. No. <laughs> I really enjoyed that, though. Did you crank it up to, like, 15 on the question scale? Like, <laughs> <laughs> No. You've played before. It, no, I, I really, I swear, those were just the questions. So, uh, Brent, you are our winner. Congratulations, sir. You did it. Proud of you, Brent. You, it was your first play, and you crushed it. Good job, sir. Thank you. All right, so we are, in fact, working on our very own Linux edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. We'll have information soon on you, how you can help us come up with a whole batch of questions. We're working on it right now, so soon in the Friday stream, the Millionaire Questions will be all open source and Linux related, and we'll see which one of our contestants can win a million dollars. Who is the ultimate Linux champion? Coming up in the next Linux Unplugged, we will have a link in the show notes where you can contribute to our Linux millionaire questions and answers. We'd really like the audience input on this and feedback so that we can get an epic game, something that is customized to our Linux community. That'll be soon. We're working on that right now. I swear I'm going to add a dime question. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We'll have a form. It should be really simple where you can submit questions and you can mark how difficult you think that question is. And uh, I think that'll be ready, yeah, by Tuesday. So help us make like the most awesome Linux who wants to be a millionaire. But you may have noticed here on this Friday stream, we have got uh, new music every single week. And uh, that's made possible by the one, the only Mr. Swiss over there going out and actually doing this old thing called email and uh, contacting artists. Yeah, yeah. In fact, so I've been reaching out to several artists in various different avenues where artists promote their own music. So maybe not necessarily uh, with a label or, um, you know, this may be their first album. Maybe they haven't recorded anything. Maybe they recorded something 10 years ago. Who knows? Uh, but I've been reaching out to all different types of bands, all different genres. Uh, and I encourage anyone that's listening, if you're in a band, you have friends that are in a band, um, you'd like to hear the music on the Friday stream, you know, we're trying to, to kind of fold this in and make this part of the stream uh, to encourage everybody to get out and you know, listen to other bands, bands that you might not have ever heard of before. We had some great feedback, though. Um, so I reached out to uh, the, our artist this week, uh, Ash Gray. Um, and in response, uh, I got an email back from their booking uh, agent, Thomas. And, uh, you know, he's really cool with, yeah, man, you know, play, play our music. That'd be great. We'd love for you to do that. Um, but he also responds with that he's not a Linux user yet, uh, but he might be one in the close future for obvious reasons. So I think that it's it's cool that that even through this disconnected way of me just randomly contacting this band to try and get some music played uh, on the show, that we actually had somebody you know 
send us a little feedback and say that they were interested in Linux. Because, of course, whenever I submit these, you know, I encourage whoever I'm submitting this to to, to check out the FridayStream.com and to check out JupiterBroadcasting.com just to kind of get an idea of where we are and what we do. That's pretty cool. He's like, not yet, but for, quote, obvious reasons. Like, those aren't actually obvious to me. I don't know what I mean. Is it what? Security? Privacy? Cost? What obvious reason? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's that obvious reason that everybody wants to get off of the old Mac train and the old Windows train, right? So That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering, well, Thomas, thank you for not only uh, giving us the go-ahead to use the music this week, which we'll have linked in the show notes, but also, maybe you're a new listener. Good luck on the old switch to Linux. And Ash Gray, I appreciate you, man, for letting us use your music. Super cool guy. Um, is based in Austin, Texas. Um, so yeah, thanks to, to Ash and thanks to Thomas for making it happen. Right on. This track is The Other Man. Now, if you've got some suggestions for music, get a hold of Cheese. What's the best way for them to do that? We have links in the show notes, really. People could just go to the show notes. We got links to everybody's profiles, their social media, all of that, FridayStream.com. Each episode is easy to get to, like this one will be FridayStream.com slash nine. We do this on Friday. Over at jblive.tv, 1 p.m. Pacific. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get it converted to your local quote-unquote time. Also, maybe the best thing about Monday is the Friday stream. Friday stream comes out on Mondays over at fridaystream.com. Thank you for joining us. See you next Friday. It was FDR on the dime. The question was wrong. Yep. I thought so. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was wrong. Yeah, that's a tricky thing. That does happen sometimes with these games. You knew it wasn't John F. Kennedy. Like, there's a couple on there you just knew it wasn't. So, it's like, it was a it was a rigged question, I think. Well, and he still didn't get the Superman one, so. No, yeah. That was... <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I mean, Superman is kind of lame, to be honest with you. Ouch. That might be the only time that somebody uses all three lifelines. On the first question. <laughs> <laughs> I was just dying over here. That was great. Hey, if I can go down with that record in the record books, I'm proud, bro. <laughs> I'm proud about it. Nobody's going to want to phone a cheesy anymore. My answer for, for future phone a cheese is just going to be Roosevelt. <laughs>